0: Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome back to Circling Sports on Converge Media. This is a little different, you can see, uh, than our standard setup. Um, I am not currently in the city of Seattle. I am here in the nation's capital in Washington, D.C. Um, was here to cover the end of this old title match between Kansas City and Portland. Um, unfortunately, our rain didn't make it, as you obviously know. Um, But the flight had been booked, the plane ticket had been booked, uh, and the credential had been approved already, so I figured I might as well go and experience the thing. So uh, sitting here, it's uh, 9.58 over here on the East Coast, about 7 o'clock, 6.58 over on the West Coast, Uh, getting this out of the way. uh, Unfortunately, I can't have Bell with me for this one, but hoping to have uh, normal things by next week happy Halloween to those who are going to go and enjoy it. You know, I don't have a costume unfortunately, and I'm down to my one hat for this week. So it's, it's tough, but the show must go on. You know, we don't, we don't skip around here. So, um, taking that all into consideration, we're going to go right into our Seahawks news here and our Seahawks had a good week. It's, it's, you know, coming into play against the six and one giants. I didn't expect something like this. Uh, the inactives list was interesting, uh, not not too bad, but well, it could have been worse uh than, than this. It was we'll look at the inactives here. Um with offensive tackle Jay Curran, right? Running back, Tony Jones Jr., wide receiver Penny Hart, fullback slash linebacker Nick Ballore, uh defensive tackle Miles Adams, and cornerback, cornerback Cindy Jones the fourth, and safety ts Tabor. So we look at this game here against the giants the six and one giants with saquon barkley the seahawks are able to win this one 27 to 13. Uh, excuse me just a really solid all-around game for the seahawks um able to really stop the run limit daniel jones uh, tried to effectively make new york one-dimensional and they were to an extent um seattle was had some trouble uh, defending the pass here and there. But overall, well, they, they did a good job. They did a good job at the defense had a pretty solid game. Um, and just overall, they looked good in this game. They really did. Uh, Tyler Lockett had a few uh, miscues earlier in the game, but was able to make it up for it um, with a touchdown later in the game. You know, I just kind of figured um, – as the game went on, that he would be able to bounce back and sort of uh, figure things out. Uh, he's been reliable for Seattle for years, for years now. And so it just, it made sense that he would be able to come back and uh, have a sort of rebound here. And this just a pretty damn good game. I mean, the 13 points um, all around game forced, I believe, Three fumbles, covered two of them, two of those on special teams. Uchenna Nwosu had a big game. Boy, Maffe had a great game. Chino um, was pretty efficient. Uh, Ken Walker had a solid game. It wasn't the big one. It didn't break this huge runoff. But this was an all-around solid team win for Seattle uh, against a 6-1 Giants team that's been rolling along pretty damn well. They hadn't been beat by uh, – Well, they only lost the one game, Uh, but it was was pretty impressive. It was a pretty impressive win. Really happy with it. I will take it. As I've admitted throughout uh, the season here, I was wrong. I was openly wrong about Geno Smith and the Seahawks team, but I'm happy that I was. I'm really happy that they continue to prove me wrong. Uh, Geno's been really efficient throughout the year, has managed games well. The locker room respects him. Kenneth Walker's really showed out. Uh, The defense and all last few really turned things around after initially it was like hey man what are we going to do with this defense um so really solidly happy uh with what's been going on lately uh with our Seahawks here so we'll look to offensive players of the game here um uh, Bill and I went with wide receivers I went with Tyler Lockett 63 yards and a touchdown uh, that late touchdown really ices it to make it 27 to 13. uh oh no sorry Uh, made it 20 to 13, gave Seattle a a seven point lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, DK had 55 yards on a touchdown. DK, um, the first touchdown of the game. And, you know, these were two guys who came into this game as questionable. They came into this game having struggled uh, throughout the week with injury. Uh, It seemed like they might not play at all. And they were able to uh, figure things out and come and play this game. Um, Hmm, I want to apologize. I don't know if I've got, there we are. Sorry, I admit, there's the game. So yes, we both went with wide enough and offensive out of the ball. Kendall Walker had a solid game, um, but I had to go with Tyler here after bouncing back from some earlier sort of uh, issues in this one. And on the defensive side of the ball, uh, I went with Uchenna Nuwosu. Uchena six total tackles, five solo, two sacks, two tackles for loss, and two QB hits. Really has been a really, really solid offseason signing. Wasn't a big, uh, massive contract. Has been a solid contributor throughout this year. Uh, solid along the edge, something that Seattle hasn't needed. Uh Bell went with Cody Barton on the inside linebackers, bought six total tackles, five solo, and one sack. So Going with uh, similar position groups here with us going with wide receivers and then linebackers uh, um, for offensive and defensive players of the game here. So, um, oops, there we go. Uh, We look to now some injury related news, unfortunately, uh, on the 20th. Unfortunately, uh, injury news gets me injured. Used to the bad news on the 26th, flurry of moves here as defensive end LJ Collier was activated from the injured reserve, uh, as well as cornerback Trey Brown and running back Travis Homer returning to practice. Both had physically been in a, a, unable uh, to perform from practice, so it's good to see Trey Brown and Travis Homer. Travis has been solid with picking up blitzes, uh, it's like a key trait for him. Uh, and Trey Brown, an exciting rookie, uh, second year corner now. Uh, so really, you know, with with woolen and uh. Kobe bryant really excited to see what uh trey brown is able to do uh with the current cornerback group we look here we already saw the inactives list so we'll go over to injuries sustained against the giants and a couple things here uh pretty early on in the game center austin Blythe left with a knee injury but didn't end up returning linebacker daryl taylor left the game and was unfortunately not able to return with a hip injury we're still waiting for the extent of that um and Ryan Neal, safety Ryan Neal, ended up uh, experiencing cramping at the end of the game. Uh, it looked like he might have been injured um, in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter. But fortunately, it was just cramping and it was nothing. Uh, hopefully, that will be too serious because Ryan Neal made some really solid plays in this game as well. Really right. excited uh, to see what he was doing throughout this uh, contest mm-hmm. against New York. So we look over to team-related notes here on the 26th. Uh, Ken Walker was named the FedEx Ground Player of the Week for his performance against the Chargers. Uh, Had some incredible numbers against LA. (laughs) If you haven't seen it already, there was the pretty uh, viral photo of Ken Walker sort of giving the peace sign, um, while this lady in Chargers gear is giving him the double bird. So that was kind of fun. but on top of his pretty solid day, I believe it was like 150 plus rushing yards. Um, Ken Walker averaged 7.3 yards per carry against LA um, and is now the now third in the league in yards per carry on the season, 6.1. This was um, for his performance against LA. I don't know where he stands right now, but 6.1 yards per carry is pretty damn good. So ta- hats off to Ken Walker there. Also in team-related notes on the 26th, Pete Carroll voices his support for grass uh, on NFL fields after injuries piled up against the Chargers at SoFi Stadium. This would be big, obviously, <clears throat> with uh, the Men's World Cup coming here in 2026. Um, the pitch for well, and grass has already kind of been part of the deal for Seattle to host games here. The grass needs to be on the field. So to have that at Lumen Field because not having grass at Lumen Field was actually a Seahawks discussion back in the day when it was Seahawks Field, Seahawks Stadium and then Quest Field. That was, uh, I believe that was a Mike Holmgren deal. Um, so, you know, to have grass would be big, not only for the Seahawks, but, you know, the Sounders and Rain playing in Lumen Field. So win, win, win. There are three wins here for um, uh that stadium and those teams that play there. So hoping that that gets some sort of uh, regard and that's just not a comment that Pete makes and then we hear nothing of it. So we'll, we'll hear about that and we'll see about that. We'll uh, keep you guys updated on anything that follows that sort of situation. But now we'll head over to league related news. Um, on the 30th, Robert, Robert Kraft addresses anti semitism. The Patriots owner urges football fans to stand up to Jewish hate and a TV ad during Sunday's games. I am the guy, so I stick to my sports, but you know, I just as a human being, you know, in this in this world that we live in, it's if you're supporting anybody that's anti-Semitic and you know who we're all talking about, it's just that's not a good look whatsoever. You know, why that's just bottom line is obviously don't do that sort of thing, but I don't know, you know, why it'd be okay to judge a whole, you know, amount of a whole population of folks uh, off of some people. That's not how we do things. stereotypes are, none of us like stereotypes, right? So, um, yes, Uh, if you can support the guy who's anti-Semitic, I don't care what sort of music he makes, he's a bad guy not a good person so anyway we'll look towards league related news uh continuing on the 30th alvin kamara could be on the trade block for the saints the saints want at least what the panthers got back when they traded away christian McCaffrey. if they do deal they start running back the bills have called about kamara and the saints turned down their offer or declined their call so that's interesting if the bills can oh (laughs) i don't know who stops them Uh, that'll be pretty messed up. Anyway, we gotta get moving along here. Uh, we look towards next week for our Seahawks who currently sit at five and three on the season. First in the NFC West, their next matchup is on the road against these Cardinals, uh, that we saw a few ago, but unfortunately now they've got Deandre Hopkins. So it becomes a bit more difficult. Um, bit more difficult um, and it's down in Arizona. So that's on New- November 6th at the Cardinals with a one oh five p.m. start time. Um, that'll be an exciting one. Any game against the Cardinals seems to be exciting um, and it's a big one, you know, these division games uh, where it seems like you're not, you know, dominating the division so far. Uh, you lost one game to the 49ers, you beat the Cardinals once. So you gotta get as many of these division games as you can. You can't really mess around. We will now head over to our Mariners sort of free agency preview. Um, Some of this is tough just because Jerry DePoto often gets guys that we're not necessarily expecting. Uh, Kirk Sally at the trade deadline, Matt Boyd, Jake Lamb. uh, Wasn't really sure about the Frazier deal. Robbie Ray wasn't a guy that we were expected to sign at the beginning of free agency. So this is tough. This could be really tough, but it sort of seems like this year there's there's some really minimal necessarily needs to look at for this Mariners team. So we're gonna look at some potential departures for this team, um, guys that might not fit on this roster, guys that might not wanna be on this roster next year um, for whatever reason, but we look at the uh, potential departures Kurt Casale could be one of them. He was a guy that was acquired at the trade deadline and really didn't do much of anything for Seattle. He had a home run uh, at Seattle at, at home once. It just wasn't sort of what he was expected to be. Uh, I don't imagine when Koto traded for him. Adam Frazier, we talked about this last week. I, I keep weighing the possibility of this happening. And, you know, the more I talk about it, the more I'm not sure the more I'm not sure because obviously Seattle has talked about wanting to move a shortstop to second base and free if they can, but the first thing, you know, amongst the four that are going to be available, um, if anybody wants to do that, first of all, it's like, if, if you can't get one of these guys to move uh, to second base, are you asking JP to move to second base? If you can bring one of these guys in, you know, um, JP did have a really down year defensively, uh, so it's like, what are we, uh, is that something that would be okay? Um, would Frazier be okay coming back as like a utility guy? Uh, because we know he can play in the outfield and, you know, that use, versatility is something that Seattle really likes in their players. Uh, it's it, it one before anything, does Frazier want to be here, you know? So that's, that's a big discussion. And the more I think about it, the more I think about ways that, you know, benefit one side and the ways that benefit at the other. So I don't know. That'll be really something to keep an eye on. And I'm not too entirely sure, but if Seattle is able to get interest from one of these shortstops, I think it might be game over uh, for any return of Adam Frazier. Um, and I know that might upset at least one Frazier fan that I know that. So I'm I'm sorry about that. Carlos Santana is a guy that's interesting. I know he was a great veteran presence for this team. He's good friends with Julio. Um he was able to help us win, win like legitimately was a major factor in the several of these games. Midsummer was able to help out at first base when Ty France was injured and wasn't able to play or to give him rest days. Um, But I think, you know, I think what the photo said was if we've got room, you know, and it makes you think it's like, if you're really able to upgrade as much as you'd like, Carlos might miss, miss the cut. And I really liked having Carlos on this team, but it sounds like, uh, there might not be the room here. Uh, we look over at outfield. Mitch Haneder is an interesting name. I know that uh, new general manager Justin Hollander said that uh, he's had a lot of calls with Mitch's agent. He said he loves Mitch. Um, he talks with Mitch's agent quite often. Um, but one, you know, Mitch is going to be a free agent for the first, I think, the first time in his career. So it'll be interesting for him to see if he just wants to get a vibe from free agency and see what's going on. Um, if Seattle is able to get a certain guy that we're going to look at here uh, and they put him in right field, I imagine, what do you do there? Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, the the franchise has not been necessarily long-term committal with Mitch. Um, when Mitch is healthy, he's been an MVP candidate. I believe the two years he's played the most games. So I got to wonder about these things. You really have to wonder what's, Going on with this, uh, I would imagine Mitch is back next year. I don't know what sort of deal it's on, but I would imagine he's back. Um, and then our final sort of potential departure here from our list. <coughs> excuse me, is relief pitcher, Matt Boyd. Matt Boyd, um, I mean, he was solid to have in this. Re- uh, he, he ate up some innings um, as a former starter, a Seattle guy. Um, but... You know with the acquisition of luke weaver um you know chris flexion is still technically in this pen uh, if seattle really wants to upgrade everywhere maybe they go and get another reliever there's a certain guy we'll look at uh, matt boyd might be the odd man out here considering i don't believe he's on contract so that's our list of potential departures Kirk casali adam frazier carlos santana mitch Haniger, and matt boyd we'll look over to potential additions now this is Like best case scenario, we're going to look at the four shortstops here, kind of weigh the options and look at the stats. Uh, Someone that, you know, would change this franchise and then a a potential return for a reliever here. Uh, So we're going to look over here at. um, I apologize, folks, it's tough with this freaking hotel Wi-Fi. Um, There it goes. Okay, we're going to look over here at the first possible option at the shortstop to second base uh route trey turner turner has said he'll likely stay in southern california if he stays on the west coast or he'll head back to the east coast he doesn't seem like a west coast sort of guy um has said this you know while uh i believe in regards to upcoming free agency so it doesn't sound like a sort of move up here to seattle is one that's likely unless they're able to really sell him on it uh, his notable 2022 stats is 0.9 wins above replacement a 298 batting average and 809 ops 16 errors committed this past year uh which isn't really good uh a 969 fielding percentage and a negative one defensive run saved so kind of struggling on the defensive end here um and not exactly looking like he'd want to come here anyway so uh, I I weigh Trey Turner out of this discussion I don't imagine he'll end up in Mariners blue uh, this is who I would like to see more. Uh, well, the most in the Seattle uniform is Xander Bogarts. Uh, they, they don't really have much to dispute any sort of reasoning. He'd come here. Obviously you'd have to pitch the second base idea. Uh, hasn't been happy with the contracts he's been offered by Boston. Uh, some of his notable 2022 stats here a 5.7 wins above replacement, a 307 batting average and 833 OPS. 10 errors committed a 983 fielding percentage and four defensive runs saved. So a lot more solid and sturdy on the defensive side of things. Um, This is who I would ideally like to see, you know, join this uh, clubhouse. A veteran guy has won a couple world series. He knows what it takes to win. And he's just kind of an all around solid guy uh, as a baseball player. So we look here now, Xander Bogarts is my ideal guy when looking at the stats. Um, here on danis p swanson i was really intrigued uh, atlanta does have a lot of money tied up already in their young core meaning swanson could be on the way out uh could want to explore free agency after winning it all with atlanta now what a year ago uh some notable stats here for him a 5.7 wins above replacement 277 average so not too great uh 776 ops only eight errors committed a 986 feeling percentage and nine defensive uh, on the defensive side of things here this past year for Dansby Swanson. Offensive side of things, not too bad. Not as good as the other guys on this list. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't imagine this. he'll end up here. But Swanson and Bogarts are your most likely options uh, from what I can imagine. Um, and this guy last year, we include him in the list because we're going to do our due diligence just as I imagine the Mariners have before but I highly, highly doubt um, that he he ends up in Seattle. Um, it's it's Carlos Correa, um, likely not going to become a mariner. Uh, the Seattle did reach out last year, just in their due diligence, and didn't seem like there was any interest really reciprocated. Um, and I know people complain about the cheating thing. I get it. It happened. It's over you do wanna become a better baseball team. Um, I'm sure Carlos would help you with that. I just don't know if that's something that either side will get done alone. Carlos would be interested in that sort of thing. So as notable 2022 stats, a 5.4 wins above replacement, uh, 291 batting average, an 834 OPS, eight errors committed, a 984 fielding percentage and three defensive runs saved. So as I've said here, I really imagine if you're able to work this out and get things to go your way, it's going to be Bogarts or Swanson. I take Turner and Correa out of this. I don't imagine you're going to be really in on either of those guys. Um, and also the fact that among board stops, you're competing with about nine other teams. Ten teams want these guys from the general interest, uh, uh, this preliminary interest. And there's four of them. So six teams are going to miss out. You don't want to be one of those teams, but we'll see. We'll see about that sort of thing. Um, we look over here now towards the outfield. Now left field's kind of already clogged up. You know, you've got Jesse Winker out there looking to have a bounce back. Year. Jared Kelnick's played there. Uh, Sam Haggerty played in left as well. Um, right field. If you're not going to bring back Mitch Hanniger and you really, really want to swing for the fences, you really want to, Kind of change how this franchise might be uh, viewed, how your current team might be viewed. This is all fantasy. I don't imagine this happens, but he'll technically become a free agent, you know, unless he signs with New York, which probably is likely. But what in the world happens if you're able to sign Aaron Judge? You can see the giant pile of money behind him there. That's why this is because it would take a really good amount to bring him here. But, you know, obviously is he open to playing here would be a big factor. Uh, you can open the goddamn checkbook, uh, give him what he wants. This is a potential franchise changing player. Uh, just would really vault you into major contender um, status. And his stats here are really interesting. You know, a 10.6 wins or above replacement. 62 homers, obviously tying the AL home run record for a season. A three oh seven batting average, a 1.111 OPS. Did not commit any errors this year in the outfield. A perfect fielding percentage and three defensive runs saved. So, a little an above average, above league average league defender. We know what he can do with that power. Um, this, if if this move were to happen, I don't know what I would do. I mean, you can just think of any outfield, put any guy in left field. I don't care who you put in left field right now. You'd have Julio and Aaron Judge in the same outfield. That's like dreamland. I don't know what to tell you if that happens, but it's really about a a lot of these, you know, I know that the sort of perception is changing about Seattle as a free agency destination, but let you know, firstly, does he want to be here? Um, And then secondly, Uh, are you going to pay up? You'd have to pay up. I mean, to bring a guy like Aaron Judge here, the merge sales, first of all, would go insane. I know that. Um, But yeah, so that would be, those are your You're looking at the four sort of shortstops, potentially moving to second base. you got to bring in a middle infielder. Um, And then, hey, I don't, maybe you go into the Aaron Judge sweep states. Who knows? Uh, And then relief pitcher, I don't know if Seattle really wants to add to their bullpen. They've got a solid bullpen already. Um, but just because he's going to be available and because he was one of my favorite levers, um after his 2018 season um, messed around with the idea of adding Edwin Diaz back to the bullpen could be a return in the mix uh, for one of the best relievers in baseball or saddle happy with their bullpen. I don't know. Um, we look at last year's stats for him in this incredible Photoshop. I kid obviously, you know, a return would be great. Uh, 3.2 wins above replacement, a 1.31 ERA, a 3 and one record, 32 saves, 118 strikeouts, and a .839 whip uh, for Edwin last year. Obviously, there's the whole thing with the trumpets for the Mets um, in the big intro, but Edwin, I mean, can you think about the fact think if you're a hitter, um, you're playing Seattle late in the game, and you have to think about, oh, am I going to face Andres Munoz or Edwin Diaz, I mean, come on. That would be a lot of fun. I just don't know if that's feasible. I don't know if that's something that's gonna be in play for Seattle, or if Edwin would want to return to Seattle. So um, that's sort of our free agency look. It's it's gonna be really interesting as things pick up. We'll obviously keep you updated as free agency nears. And as we get, you know, the rumor mill starts and actual free agents are getting signed uh so we'll we'll keep an eye on that we'll have our free agency tracker and uh it'll be exciting it'll be really exciting to keep along with that so um we look at some other team-related news on the twenty-sixth. the team claimed right-handed pitcher luke weaver off of waivers from the kansas city royals the six foot two right-hander appeared in 26 major league games with one start between the arizona diamondbacks and kansas city royals in 2022 going one-on-one with a six-five-six era uh, 29 earned runs, over 35.2 innings pitched, with 38 strikeouts and 13 walks. Weaver was traded to the Royals from Arizona back on August 1st. Uh, in 14 games with KC, he went 0-0 with a 5.59 5 9 ERA, uh, with 19 strikeouts and 8 walks. If you don't remember, uh, Weaver was the guy on the Royals who had the sort of uh, national anthem standoff with robbie ray uh, that ray eventually won and now they're teammates so um as a corresponding move outfielder Derek hill was designated for assignment so uh reefer's been an interesting guy people like his stuff um they kind of view him as a long reliever uh and there's been the idea that he pushes out chris flexen from this team i don't imagine so but if, if that happens um Chris has been an incredible member of this team from having a great year as a starter in 2021, uh, have some solid starts this past year, and then being able to join the bullpen and Purdue pretty well uh, as a member of Los Bomberos. So um, we'll move over here to the 27th as center fielder Julio Rodriguez and catcher Cal Raleigh, but were both nominated for Silver Slugger Awards at their respective positions. Uh, Raleigh led major league catchers with 27 homers during the 2022 season also setting a franchise record for the most homers in a season by a catcher surpassing Mike Zaninos 25 back in 2017. Uh, Julio batted 284 uh, for batting average with 84 runs 25 doubles three triples 28 homers 75 RBIs 25 stolen bases uh, and 40 walks getting on base at a 345 clip, slugging 509 with an 853 OPS in 132 total games. If I'm being biased, I think both of these guys should win their awards, you know? So I'm hoping that Kyle's able to win a gold glove and a silver slugger and that Julio takes home rookie of the year and a silver slugger award. That would be great. so we look over to league-related notes here on the 25th. The Dodgers could be serious about acquiring Aaron Judge. I laugh about this because that would be absolutely ludicrous. Uh, the Judge sweepstakes are on as LA is willing to let infielder Trey Turner walk in free agency and move Mookie Betts to second base in order to sign the outfielder. I don't think that will happen. I do not think that will happen. I think that's ridiculous. Um... We look over here to October 29th, Rob Manfred disputes Oakland stadium plan. The MLB commissioner, uh, cast doubt on a, a new water ballpark in Oakland saying it just doesn't look like it's going to happen. So it looks like the athletics could be moving away from Oakland. Um, it's not like this wasn't something that people could see happening, but it's just disappointing that, uh, just disappointing you know and that starts with ownership in oakland uh as well as you know mlb probably wanting them to move them to a market like vegas anyway so excuse me i almost had to sneeze uh that's just disappointing so um it's interesting with mlb free agency because that begins right about after the all-star uh pardon me (laughs) after the world series ends so we'll get on that as soon as that ends but the world series currently underway we're two games in it's one one philadelphia and the houston both have a game game three is actually tonight so go phillies uh we look over to league notes here for the wnba uh just some small stuff uh well small note here on the 20th the wnba announced that they will host a game in canada next season no further details than that but interesting to see that wnba is coming to canada maybe they have an expansion team announced announced uh potentially for Canada, who knows? Um, on the 25th, Brittany Griner's appeal was denied uh, and now she will be forced to serve a nine year sentence in a penal colony. Um, Griner has had her appeal denied over her conviction um, because Russia will count her time waiting. Uh, it'll be like eight years and some change, but this is all still ridiculous. Um, it's interesting because Russia in the past has convicted people, you know, with several grams of uh, THC or whatever it was um, for a way shorter, you know, several grams. Brittany had less than a gram. So it's, it's very obvious that she's being used as a tool here for Russia. Uh, and it's just really unfortunate. It's been a long, long time coming. And I remember when this started. Bill and I hoped that this would be resolved before the season started. And now we're here in October, the end of October. So um, just really hoping that something can be done here from the United States to figure it out. If it's just Russell being stubborn and not really wanting to be reasonable about things, I don't know what happens. I really don't know what happens. So. Um, we'll try to move over here to our Sounders-related news here. Uh, the team announced several roster decisions to conclude the 2022 season. Uh, firstly, with 2023 options being picked up, Seattle picked up the options of Josh Atencio, A.B. Sissoko, Danny Leva, Jordan Morris, Jackson Reagan, Dylan Tevez, and Andrew Thomas. Um, no real surprises there here. Um, we look over to the players that are currently under contract already, uh oops, that is not correct. I will apologize and I will do my best to pull that up here. Um but yeah, not really uh with the 2023 options being picked up, all of that really makes sense. Um oh, shoot, I didn't download it. Okay. Well, the 2020 players that are under contract include Javier Arviaga, Yamar Gomez Andrade, Reed Baker Witting, Leo Chu, Stefan Cleveland. Ethan Doubleair, uh, Stefan Fry, Nico Ladero, Jao Paulo, Nuhu, Alex Roldan, Christian Roldan, Kellen Rowe, Raul Rui Diaz, Albert Rusnak, and Obed Vargas. No surprises there, I imagine. You see a lot of the current sounders already back on the team. Um, we look at some guys that have different contract situations. Um, Will Bruin and AOC Alfonso Campo-Chavez both had their contract options declined. Um, General Manager Garth Lagerwey said that, spoke about the time, um, spoke about the time, Bruin and said that it's likely that they don't bring him back. He said that the door's not closed, but they're likely looking for another forward option. So we probably see Bruin back. Jimmy Madranda is out of a contract. Freddie Montero is in active discussion on a new deal. Sam Adeniran's status will be determined following the conclusion of San Antonio FC's postseason run, where he is currently out on loan. Uh, on the 28th, the Sounders signed midfielder Sota Kitahara to a first-team contract from the Tacoma Defiance. The former Academy and Tacoma Defiance midfielder signs a two-year deal with club options in 2025 and 26. He becomes the 20th homegrown player in Sounders FC history. So welcome to the team, Sota. That about wraps up uh, our Sounders team news. Uh, On our league note for the MLS, uh, the MLS Cup matchup is set. The number one seeds Philadelphia Union and LAFC will square off um, to decide who wins the league this year. I would like to see Philly win it because I don't want to see LA win it. So I uh, gotta keep going here as uh, our checkout time is approaching. Um, look over here to our Kraken related news. On the uh, we have a three games over the past week, uh, <clears throat> starting on October twenty fifth versus the Buffalo Sabers, a five to one win. Our player of the game forward Daniel Sprong with a goal, two assists, three points, and four shots. Um, a really solid blowout win here over the Sabers team that um, I believe it also only won, won lost one game. Going in four and one to this point before Seattle was really able to dominate. Versus the Canucks here, Seattle remains winless all time in the regular season versus Vancouver with a five to four loss. Player of the game forward, Jaden Schwartz, one goal, one assist, two points, two shots, and one hit. October 29th versus the Pittsburgh Penguins, a three to one win. Player of the game forward, Jaden Schwartz, again, one goal, one assist, two points, and five shots. You see that um, in the big win again. In spitzberg and that will lead to schwartz being my player of the week totaling two goals two assists four points and 10 shots on the uh the past week here um i believe he leads the team in points so Jaden really having a solid year for seattle um uh, been a big key piece of the seattle team and i mean it's pretty Seattle had a good week. I would say Seattle had a good week. It's frustrating to not be able to get that win, uh, over, uh, Vancouver, you know, you see how close it was. Seattle was able to bring it within one, uh, in the late stages, uh, just not able to do it. You got to figure out how to beat Vancouver considering that you gave them their first win with that result, but pretty solid week. Um, we look over to injury related news here on the 25th the team placed goaltender philip grubauer on ir with a lower body injury officially he is still considered day to day at the time but it might seem that that injury um is unfortunately worse than it's has uh, been officially announced hoping that's not the case but we'll see as the uh, time goes on In team-related news, on the 27th, the team signed goaltender Christopher Gibson to a one-year, two-way deal at a $750,000 annual uh, AAV. Uh, So Gibson, some background Gibson, he has a 114-72-24 record all-time in AHL play. He is a member of the Stanley Cup-winning Tampa Bay Lightning roster in 2020 to 2021. He played one game with Coachella Valley uh, up to this point, so it might just be goaltender depth. Uh, for Seattle here, as well as the fact that Joey Decord is up with uh, the the big the uh, NHL roster right now, so we look towards some uh, league related news here on the twenty fifth. Phil Beca- uh, Phil Kessel becomes the NHL's newest Iron Man. The Golden Knights forward sets an NHL record by playing in his nine hundred and ninetieth consecutive. That's just pretty ridiculous. Um, so hats off to Kessel there. There are some pretty impressive stories by Kessel um, just about sort of his journey to this. So into do that. You really should. Um, we look over to record and uh, the Kraken sit at a four win, four loss, two overtime loss record. They are fourth in the Pacific division uh, with 10 points currently. Uh, they'll head on the road here for a road trip this upcoming week. Looking ahead, November 1st at the Calgary Flames at a 6 p.m. Pacific time start. November 3rd at the Minnesota Wild, 5 p.m. Pacific time start. And November 5th at the Pittsburgh Penguins. Seeing these Penguins again, excuse me, on the 5th is a 4 p.m. Start here. So we look over to the OO rain here in our season in review. Really just a tough season. I'm sure we'll talk about it more next week when we've got more time and a better Recording situation here, but you know, for MVP, you know, Just Fishlock really is the heartbeat of this team in the midfield. You know, whether it's you know the the leadership that she provides, the fire that she provides, you know, just the the glue in the midfield. Um, just with her performance. I went with Megan Rapino for our team MVP here in our season in review, leading the team in points with 11, seven goals and four assists. The second half uh, from Rapino really ignited a fire in this team. I felt like, um, you know, totaling a goal or an assist in, in uh, several games um, after a return from international break. Uh, I believe it was after the CONCACAF women's uh, tournament just an incredible oops this is the wrong graphic there we go um was just really valuable for this rain club and really helped push them into the playoffs here unfortunately obviously not being able to get the big one but just really encouraging to see this sort of performance uh from pino and really really valuable really helped this team that had finishing finish issues for a long time be able to put a bunch in uh, for offensive player of the year as you can see i went with bethany balser tied for the team lead in goals uh for the third year in a row not including 2020 because that year was really odd uh Bals- balser has led the team in goals uh, tied this year uh but just bethany year in and year out um having won the rookie of the year award in 2019 balser has been pretty invaluable this team, really solid attacker up front um and just having her and Jordan Heitema and Megan Rapino all together is really, I mean, we're really lucky here to have all those together. Uh, for Defender of the Year, I went with Sofia Huerta. Huerta was able to stay really disciplined, only getting one card on the year. And also was able to really add on the defensive end with one goal and four assists crosses our team and helped make a great back four up for this club. I could have gone with Alana Cook here. Um, Sam Hyatt had a solid year. Lou Barnes, all of these, all four of the back line were really solid for the rain. But because of her offensive input, I went with outside wing back uh, Sophia Huerta. For a newcomer of the year, uh, I went with Jordan Hightime. I feel like it makes the most sense here just because of the potential that she brings to this team. The 21-year-old will only go up from here as she gets acclimated to the club. She recorded two goals and two assists um in her uh, late stages with the rain but i just think that getting this off season with her um with the team with the staff uh she'll have a really good 2023 i can i'm gonna say that now so uh, we look to some areas to improve here for the rain i think you know getting some finishing you have to be able to finish better uh, than you did this past year i think if you did I mean, you won the league, but it was something that, you know, showed up in the semifinal match. You couldn't finish as well as you'd like to. Um, and that hurts you in a bunch of games this past year. So I think finishing is an area that this team needs to work on and some defender depth potentially. I know that, you know, Sidney uh, Clare Miramontes was out. Uh, the team had Phoebe McLernan. Um, but, you know, sometimes those additions were rocky. They did their job. Uh, for a good amount of the time, but um, if I had to, it's this team doesn't have much to improve on, really. Um, but if if I had to pick things, I think finishing's clear and above it and maybe defender depth. But outside of that, I think this team is is pretty well set. Um, the potential departure side of things, I am I Tobin Heath is a really interesting topic of conversation. I know that there have been rumors that Tobin wants to go down to LA to join Chris and Press. Um, I would imagine that's the most likely outcome here. But it just seemed like when Tobin was here in Seattle, had a good amount of fun, seemed like they were enjoying themselves, Um, seemed to get along well with the coaching staff and the players. So maybe there is a return in the mix. I'm not entirely sure about that, but I'm... Imagine we see Heath uh, head down to LA. That's what I imagine. And for 2023 prediction, I think the Rain can win it all. I really think they could. I think they should have won it this year. Um, but I think that if you're able to get Haidem a really acclimated, uh, acclimated, acclimated, uh, we're gonna acclimated, uh, get really used to this team. Maybe add some defender depth and really solidify yourself. I think this team can really finally get over the hump. I know that I could have said that about them this year, but there was no reason really that they shouldn't have been in this year outside of the way that they played. So um, we'll look over here to team-related news. Uh, on the 25th, five rain players were named to the end of it, so best uh, 11 first and second teams. On the first team side of things, defenders Alana Cook and Sofia Huerta Cook started in all of the regular season matches she appeared in this year uh, lock, with her lockdown defending, uh, recording the stats, 78 clearances, Jesus, 14 blocks, and 47 interceptions. Huerta appeared in 19 regular season matches, completing more than 675 passes, blocking 10 shots, and intercepting 12 feeds. Uh, on the second team, uh, Rose Lavelle and Jess Fishlock at the midfield position here. Lavelle started in 17, uh, starting in all 17 of her appearances during the regular season. Rose tallied five goals and one assist, leading the team in shots at 48, winning 97 duels and being named to the NWSL best level in May, as well as September and October. Uh, Fishlock was the 2021 MVP, obviously, appeared in 19 regular season matches, contributing four goals and two assists, adding 35 chances, created 79 duels, won, and 33 total shots where Pino, Pino uh, appeared in 14 regular season games, uh, being involved in 11 of the team's 32 goals this season. Jeez. Um, obviously, as we talked about, seven goals, four assists, including 70 duels won, 34 chances created, and 34 shots. The Reign Original was named the NWSL Player of the Month back in August, Player of the Week once, and was part of the NWSL Best 11 in August, and then September uh, and October. Um, on the 28th it was announced that quinn is signed through 2024 drafted back in 2019 as the highest drafted in end history uh quinn has started 26 of 35 games after being acquired in 2019 um uh, well she was acquired quinn they they were acquired back in 2019 uh, quinn has started in 26 of 35 games played for the reign of the regular season tallying an assist Um, 1,086 successful passes, and 129 duels won. So good to get the midfielder locked up there. Uh, We look at league-related news. Um, On the 27th, around the league, uh, the NFSL announced their awards. MVP was Portland Sophia Smith, becoming the youngest regular season MVP in league history. Coach of the Year, San Diego. Swept the rest of the awards here. San Diego's Casey Stoney won coach of the year. Uh San Diego's defender Naomi Gurma won rookie and the defender of the year. And goalkeeper of the year uh was San Diego's Kalen Sheridan. On the 29th, the Portland Thorns beat the Kansas City current uh to win their third NSO title in club history. And so no one's surprised, uh legal mvp sophia smith was named final mvp um so the rain finished with a 11 4 and 7 record to wrap up our regular season in review uh first and then to Bissell, uh with 40 total points uh we're going to get to the wrapping up section here with the xfl section so we finally know the team name and team logo it's not that much different seattle will be called the seattle sea dragons of the xfl Uh, you can see not too much of a difference really in the logos it just looks like a different dragon um we'll look here towards the rest of the sort of graphics here uh some notes here about the emerald color of the dragon the fire in the mouth of the dragon representing the team's uh, fiery fans Um, if you want you can pause and look at that here we'll look at the other team names and logos around the league um the Arlington Renegades, the DC Defenders, the Houston Roughnecks, the Orlando Guardians, the San Antonio Brahmas, the Battle Hawks, and the Vegas Vipers. So that will make up your uh, 2023 XFL teams, eight current teams, but our team, the one that we care about will be the Seattle Sea Dragons. We wrap up here with players. I went with uh, Cielo Krakens, Jordan Eberle, and Martin Jones. Both become new fathers, um, welcoming new members to the family. Martin Jones, in his game after uh, his wife gave birth, had an incredible game only, allowing one goal on uh, 33 shots, saving 32 of those. Uh, um, and everly totaled a point in this game No, he scored in the game uh on the day that his newest son was born bell with gino smith the seahawks are five wins away from ten her original pick before the year uh for total uh, on the season for seattle and gino's been really efficient so oops I don't blame her so that's a solid pick so i gotta get out of here um but that has been your css on converge for october 31st again happy halloween um i apologize the conditions were not ideal but i said we don't miss a show and i didn't plan on missing it anyway so until we see you next week in november uh should be another exciting week here's the seahawks and Kraken and continue their seasons and we'll probably talk a little bit more about our rain season review next week so until i see ya, Uh, Do whatever you can to make today a great day.